world. It's your Passport Point Guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Why not make this show your first listen every single day? Free on all, fla- free on all platforms, five days a week. The only daily Trailblazers podcast. Start your day listening to Locked on Blazers and tell your friends to do the very same. Today's show, I am going to teach you how to overreact. Like, really show you how it's done. The Blazers played one basketball game. They beat the Sacramento Kings. Uh, This is Friday, October 21st show. And on Friday evening, they're going to play the Phoenix Suns. On Sunday, they're going to play the Lakers. By the time we talk again, they'll have played two more games. So before we get into two more games, a little more more action on the court to kind of learn from the crew. Let's overreact. I'm gonna show y'all how to, I'm gonna show y'all how to do it. I got I got serious overreactions, and we'll close the show with um, maybe a little more grounded thoughts. This was inspired by one, just like the nature of the beast, right? Like everyone's like, don't overreact to one game, but you can't you can't help yourself. Like you, dear listener, me, podcaster, whatever. Like it's it's impossible. It's impossible not to see one game after you've been waiting months and months and months to see a game that counts. See your team play well and be like. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna dial it back. I'm gonna dial it back. Or see your team play poorly, right? And and be like, okay, I'm gonna dial it back. It just it's the nature of the beast. But this is really inspired by uh, I was I was on I was I was getting prepped for the show last night, and I got looking looking at Twitter, and someone sent me a tweet, and it said, Shane Sharp has nine points in seven minutes. Do you think that the Sharp Ant backcourt could be better than the Dame and CJ backcourt could has ever been seven minutes seven minutes into into Shaden Sharp's career it was a fun seven minutes like legitimately very fun seven minutes but seven seven minutes into into my man's career and we're and and we're talking about is this the you know is this a back is this the best backcourt since Drexler and Porter, is this the best? Is this the are we talking about the second best backcourt or maybe the best backcourt in Blazers history? A duo who had literally at that point, I don't think had had shared the court together. I don't think Ann had subbed back in at that point. Maybe Ann had subbed back in for like a minute, but it was like, um, it was beautiful. I love to see it, and so inspired this episode. Here's how you overreact to one game. Shaden Sharp should start. That's the real overreaction. The correct overreaction is not that Shaden Sharp could be this guy down the road and in the future and all these things. Shaden Sharp should start game two and game three and four and through 82 and into the playoffs and into June when the Blazers win the championship. Shaden Sharp Sharp should start every single game, and here's why. One, makes Josh Hart the sixth man. That solves so many problems. That means every single bench unit has Damian Lillard and Josh Hart or Anthony Simons and Josh Hart. That there it is. You're always playing Dame or Ants when after that first substitution with an elite uh two guard. It solves it solves that sort of two guard defender problem that the Blazers have had. Two. Two. You already you already know that the Shaden Sharp starting means you have an elite bench core coming, elite wing core coming off the bench. You got Josh Hart, you got Justice Winslow, you got Nazir Little. No one in the league, maybe outside for the Clippers, could tout that many good wings coming off the bench. It Shaden Sharp should start because it perfects the Blazers' depth question. It makes them perfect. And Shaden Sharp could should start. 
because he's already shown elite chemistry playing alongside Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons. Shaden Sharp has made four shots in his career. The first one was assisted by Anthony Simons. The second one was assisted by Damian Lillard. The third one was assisted by Dame for a dunk. And then somehow Nazir Little snuck in there and assisted the fourth, fourth bucket. Shaden Sharp has elite chemistry with the Blazers' best players, uh, Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard. He has elite chemistry playing off the ball. And he and him his inclusion in the starting lineup allows Josh Hart to make the Blazers an elite bench team. He fixes their depth issues. Shaden Sharp is ready to go. He should start game one. There's The solution is obvious. And after 15 minutes of his career, where he just looks so fluid and so comfortable, we don't need to see any more. He's ready to go. He's a starting small forward in the NBA. I know Paolo Bancaro had 27 points in his uh, NBA debut, but Shaden Sharp is better than him. He's better than all of them. He's the he's a future multi-time MVP. Get him in the lineup now. That's how you overreact. That's how you overreact to game one. I got other overreactions. You ready? Follow me to follow me to the second segment because I got an overreaction about the Blazers going small, how to fix the Yusuf Nurkic problem, and everything else you need. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. More lines, more props, more odds than you're going to find anywhere else. The Blazers play the Phoenix Suns on Friday evening, and right now, as I'm recording this on Thursday, the Blazers are home dogs. Uh, Suns are favored by four points. You want to go win some money betting on this team? Betting on your Portland Trailblazers? Right now, you can get pretty juicy odds on them to cover, even even juicier odds on them to just straight up win the game of, you know, four-point home dogs in their home opener. Over-under in that game, 224.5 according to Bet Online. So, you think it's going to be high scoring and the Blazers win? Take the over. Take the Blazers to cover. You're making a little money and having a little fun. You don't want to bet on the NBA Football all weekend long, college and, and pro, Major League Baseball playoffs still going on. You got combat sports. Uh, you, you're going to have soccer all over the globe. Whatever it is, you're going to find it on Bet Online. Go check it out. All right. I even got ahead of myself overreacting to Shaden Sharp. I didn't mean to call him a multi-time MVP, but that's what happens when you when you embrace the momentum of overreactions. Embrace the momentum of overreactions. The point of these jokes are kind of to um, see the real truth of what we learned from one game. But it's also to teach you how to overreact. Some of you have said, I've preached patience. Some of you have said, I think Shaden Sharp can be a superstar down the line. Some of you have said, I think this small ball thing is going to work. I'll take it one step further. This is how you overreact to the Blazers playing 14 possessions of small ball basketball, 12 possessions according to cleaningtheglass.com, uh, Ben Fox indispensable stats website. Here's how you overreact to 12 possessions of really effective small ball to close out the Kings. So Blazers go small to close that game. Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Justice Winslow, Jeremy Grant. It worked really well. Justice Winslow was able to guard uh, DeMontis Sabonis. They were able to put uh, Jeremy Grant and his and some like serious length on De'Aaron Fox, and the Kings struggled down the stretch in the final five minutes. It was a it was a just a wonderful move a wonderful move and it worked so why wait start small listen you want to know how you want to know why they should start small because this was the best of 
all of the five-man units of all of the lineups that Chauncey Billups deployed in game one, this was by far the most effective. In those 12 possessions, they scored 1.3 points per possession. That would be the greatest offense in the history of the sport. Start small. They had a net rating of almost 67, 66.7. That means they outscored in the 12 possessions they were on the court against the Kings. They outscored the Kings 66 points on a rate of 66 points per 100 possessions. So like in a bit, like to extrapolate that to a game, Blazers won a game by 60. They won a game by 60. Start small because it works. Start small because it works. And start small because it makes Yusuf Nurkic better. Here, let me tell you why it makes Yusuf Nurkic better. Nurk's probably like right in the range of, of average NBA starter. Like he's like borderline top 10 center in the league when he's at his peak. Um, he's sometimes below that. He's, you know, he's something like the 15th best center in the league, right? He's, he's right. He's just like exactly what an average NBA starter looks like at, at that position. If you make him a backup center, he's the best backup center in the NBA. If you start small, Yusuf Nurkic comes off the bench. And when Yusuf Nurkic comes off the bench, he bullies, dominates, and absolutely destroys second units. Start small because it gives Yusuf Nurkic a chance to come off the bench and be the focal point of the offense, something that, uh, more of a focal point of the offense, I should say, if we're, if we're being realistic in our reactions. Uh, more of a focal point of the offense. Let's him be a bruiser to close the first and begin the second, and a bruiser to close the first and end the third. And if he's rolling along, you can ride with him into the fourth quarter. But you're not committed to him in the same way, and his role is more defined. So you're not yanking him for crunch time. You're intentionally using him before you get to crunch time. Start small. Start small because Jeremy Grant and Justice Winslow can clean up the back half of the defense. Start small because Winslow and Josh Hart are such good defenders that you're able to, or such good rebounders rather, that you're able to make up for some of your rebounding deficiencies with Grant as your tallest player on the court and playing a bunch of minutes of, of uh, Damon Amphrey Simon. Start small, play small, embrace small ball because they already want to play a switching scheme. They already want to... Uh, be aggressive and just and switch one through five. And then when they do it with Yusuf Nurkic, he can get exposed. When they do it with a traditional center, you can get exposed and left out on an island. When you play five like-sized guys or five, you know, relatively like-sized guys, you can just play the scheme you want to play already. You can lean into what you want to do, lean into your defensive identity and do it more often. It doesn't stop you from playing zone, something the Blazers want to do, and it allows the Blazers to continue the defensive scheme that they've installed, embraced, and loved. Start small because it allows space on the floor for drivers. At the end of the game, when Jeremy Grant, with under a minute left, drove to the rim in game one, got an and one foul. He had space to drive because the court was spread. Because in the weak side corner, it was Justice Winslow drawing DeMontis Sabonis a couple steps out of the paint, as opposed to a big man who, who was going to be in the dunker spot and allowing Sabonis to be already in close-to-help position or less worried about totally helping off. Start small because it works. Start small because you built this team to go small. You don't have many centers on the roster. Behind Nurk, you have uh, Drew Eubanks, who uh, is probably best as a, a third center, but he can be a break-the-glass center and be a really good one. You could even go super big in the second lineup if you go small and play funky. I don't act I'm not actually advocating for that part. That's the uh, Shaden Sharp winning multiple MVPs overreaction part. But 
Start small because it's who you wanted to be. You, the Blazers said all summer long that they thought they could get away with some minutes at, at with Jeremy Grant and Justice Winslow playing some some minutes at center. Then we didn't see it at all in the preseason. The first game they have, they unleash it. Uh, after after the game, Damian Lillard told reporters and a couple other people confirmed this, a couple other players in the team confirmed this uh, to the assembled media in Sacramento when the game ended, that they hadn't even practiced small ball. You know why they didn't practice it? Because they knew it would work, baby. It's the answer. And those 12 possessions will obviously translate to an infinite number of possessions moving forward. Start small, stay small, stick with it. Use Yusuf Nurkic as a six-man. It's the solution. That's how you overreact. Learn from the best. That's how you overreact to 48 minutes of basketball. That's 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 the master class that I promised. <laughs> Thanks for indulging me in a little bit of fun. I I think there's some real truth to be learned from this. Like, Shaden Sharp looked good and comfortable and competent. The small ball stuff works in in small will work in small doses and I think the important thing when you're trying to and and like quite frankly like I host a a daily podcast uh, I have to overreact to stuff I have to draw stuff out a little deeper than you want to be I have to dive deeper and look for things like that's that's just the nature of it I want to bring you a good show I want to bring you an entertaining show but like I think the criticism I get sometimes with listeners is like you're too measured you don't get excited about stuff like that like sure um, or, or the other way, like you're, you're reading way too much into preseason, you dummy, that type of thing. Uh, like, so it's, it's kind of just like, it's, it's going to be the area I land in is kind of overreacting. But I, I think the, like the, the real truth here to when you watch one game of basketball is to think about one, you know, they're going to play more games. Like they didn't just play one, they're going to play more games, but like the, when you're trying to analyze, you know, a larger, what did we learn type of thing from one game is like, what do you what did you see that you know could be something that moves forward? And it isn't that Shaden Sharp is a starting small forward. It's that Shaden Sharp looks pretty darn comfortable and okay at 19 and that like he can continue to have an every night role. Um, and I think moreover, the Blazers had a really good plan for Shaden Sharp. They didn't have him create on the ball at all. They basically stuck him in the corners. Uh, he only had catch and shoot opportunities. They ran one kind of um, option out of bounds set for him where he he flared around a screen and if he was open, he could shoot it. He was open, so he shot it and it went in. Um, he worked the baseline really well and that's kind of his spot from the corners, right? Like stand in the corner as the drives come, work that baseline, you know, just play basketball, read and react, you know, like do play with your feel for the game, play with like, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't want to say like reduce it to like playground stuff because it's it's NBA defenses, but it's like just sort of natural playing basketball. When a dri- when a guy drives vertical, you move move horizontal. When a guy drives horizontal, when he goes to the baseline, vertical cuts towards the baseline. Like it's that's that's like pretty basic stuff. They had a really simplified plan for Shaden Sharp, and he killed it. He was so darn good at it. And this is at. 19 with like very little seasoning before that the like actual real non-overreaction takeaway is like he's good to go and he should play like and when Gary Payton does come back and he's healthy whenever that is like he's he's going to be reevaluating a couple weeks um two weeks into the season so you would imagine like he at some point has to get back out on the court and then there's some going to be some ramp up time so two plus weeks if you're thinking about it logically like 
you're going to sharp's going to be in the rotation for sure for all of those minute for all of those games but like even when gp's back like he would be the natural guy to get uh squeezed if it's not in his ear little but like find keep it keep it simple for him let him keep playing and make sure he has a role um i've been in big favor of him playing for because i want him to get developmental minutes he was better than i thought he had any chance of being in game one just because of his comfort level some of that is the three pointers went in like if, if he goes one of three from three it doesn't feel the same but the fourth quarter three where he caught it pump fake sidesteps and hits it like that's just a dude who looks fluid and smooth. He can play, make sure he plays, and and make sure you follow the good plan that the Blazers coaching staff had for him. Like, give him simplified stuff. Corner reads, spot-up shooting, work the baseline, do what you do, and, and like, use your skills. And, and if they keep it simple and he gets to, to utilize what is, what is natural for him, he has incredible natural gifts. The good plan absolutely helped him excel in game one kudos to this coaching staff organization it's hard to tell like i credit the coaching staff there but like how far up does that the decision ladder go i will say we'll say kudos to the sort of trail blazers at large for that one and like on the small ball stuff small ball can work like that's what we learned in game one it's not going to work every night that's just the nature of it um not every center is going to be as um stubborn as Sabonis was going against uh going against Justice Winslow I thought Jaron Fox played poorly down the stretch some of that is that Jeremy Grant guarded him really well some of it is he just he just did some boneheaded stuff um he didn't he didn't play as smart as he could uh other teams are gonna have bigger apex wings which will make the choices on who Grant guards or who Josh Hart guards a little bit trickier and it might put Anthony Simons and Damian Lord like in the point of attack in a way that the Kings really couldn't like you know, uh, Herter was given was given the Blazers the business, but it wasn't like he's not. He was just shooting it really well. He wasn't like some apex wing who's just like really hard to deal with. He wasn't Kawhi Leonard, where there's like just a just a real physical challenge if you put a smaller guy on him or if he can hunt a smaller a smaller switch. Like the Kings presented a lineup that that absolutely small ball could take advantage of, and the Blazers went to it. That's the lesson, right? That in small doses, this absolutely works. And against the right matchups, this can absolutely work. So when you see it, go for it. Or if you need to switch things up because it's not working, go for it. That's the actual lessons learned. I want to close the show with a couple a couple more. A, a, a big one that I think was was pretty notable for me. So join me in the second segment and we're done overreacting. I have a real lesson learned from game one of the Blazers season. Join me there, won't you? Still a pass for his point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. We overreacted. I showed you how to really overreact. You got it like you lean into it, lean into it, use your weight. But I think there's actual takeaways from this game. Like, I, I don't think there's, I don't think we learned like a great deal of stuff, but I think the Shade and Sharp stuff and how they used him is important. I think the, um, I think the small ball stuff, like it being as successful as it was, is like, and it's not fool's gold, but it's like, it's just like, it's not going to be that successful again, um, always. But it can work. And I think it learned, we learned it can absolutely work. Like this, this, the, it looks good enough that I'm comfortable with them trying it literally every night um, and not just as like a gimmick, as like a go-to, as like a, hey, you know, we, I think I talked about this in, in some preseason pods. It's like the small ball, the point of playing small is so other teams have to deal with your funkiness, not you match up with them and go small. It's like, we're going to go small and you'll have to mess with us. Like 
how are you going to guard Jeremy Grant? You're not going to be able to guard him in space. Like that, that's like sort of the funkiness that you're going for when you, when you play that small ball group. I think we learned those two things for sure. And the other thing we learned, and I think this was notable, the Blazers won a game in which Damian Lillard did not play very well on offense. He distributed the ball well, uh, and I thought early on he really um, wasn't hunting his offense super, super aggressively. I think he was being pretty um, measured in the way that he made sure that his that, that guys were getting touches, which is typically how Dame plays. Kind of feels it out early and then goes to get his offense late. He can he he kind of flips the switch to be more aggressive, but even when he did, he just wasn't very good. He had a bad shooting night. The Blazers in Damian Lillard's career are 9-16 and 16 when he takes at least eight three-point attempts and makes no more than one. He was one of eight from three last night. And the way he he played, the, the way he played last night, typically they have lost more than they have won. 9-16 and 16 in those games. That's not like a, that's not so bad that it's game over or anything like that. Like, I don't, I don't mean to suggest that, but it's like, Typically in Dame's career, they have lost those games when they when when he has played at that level. They didn't. And they didn't for a couple reasons. One, good luck. Two, they have more shot creators than they've had in the past. In the third in the second, excuse me, in the third quarter, Josh Hart had 12. He went to work. He he was really good and kept them afloat when early in that second half, it was like. Uh oh, <laughs> like uh oh, this thing might be getting away from him. And 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 Hart was really good and kept them in it. And then Amphrey Simons had ten in the fourth quarter. Other players to go create their own offense. The Blazers just haven't had that luxury in the past. Like they've had in they've had play finishers throw it into Carmelo Anthony. Uh, obviously CJ McCollum can go get it. But like this version of Ant that we're seeing now, this version of Amphrey Simons is better than all of the previous versions of Amphrey Simons. That matters, and that that um that shot creation is valuable and allowed the Blazers to escape. And 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 Hart is a is a wing with a nose for the rim that can score like they really haven't had. Throw in Jeremy Grant, who had 23 points and was excellent in game one and scored a one-on-one drive from the top of the key. You can't guard me and one bucket with under a minute left. The Blazers have not had this collection of individual shot creators in the Dame era. They've had better teams, to be certain, um, but they don't. They haven't had. Uh, they haven't had this number of guys that can catch the ball at twenty feet and get their own. Um, you know, you you got to think Shaden Sharp can get there. Uh, Nazir Little, he's you know he's he has he needs to find his footing, but he like he has some shot creation juice in there as well somewhere. You could throw it into Nurk to finish some plays like. Portland has a more offensive tools and specifically individual individual creators than they've had in the past. And that matters. That matters, absolutely. Because it allows them to escape games where Dame shoots one of eight from three, where in the past they would typically lose. Um, you know, nine and, nine and 16 is not like this. Like, they always lose when Dame shoots us poorly. But it is indicative of what they've been, is that in, in games where he shoots poorly, they lose two out of three, right? Like that they, they lose it. It's basically a two to one chance that they come away with a loss. That nine and 16 number includes last night. So coming into last night, they were eight and 16 in 24 games. They literally lost two out of three when Dame shoots that poorly. He shot poorly. They survived. That's a thing to know about this team. Maybe not to like feel good about, like, I'm not saying like, Oh, Dame struggling. That's, that's actually a silver lining. Like, I don't believe that. 
What I believe is a silver lining is that they have more and better shot creation, and that should help them moving forward. That's what I learned. That's what I actually learned. That's if you stuck around through the overreaction jokes, I think I think you think we did see some things we actually learned about this team. Friday they play the Suns. Um, should be a really good matchup. Uh, Suns came back from down two hundred thousand points to beat to beat the Dallas Mavericks in a game where Chris Paul did not play down the stretch. What a weird one. Down 22 and they come back and, and finish the game with Damian Lee in place of Chris Paul. But I think the, how do they guard Devin Booker? How do they guard Chris Paul pick and rolls? Uh, can can Yusuf Nurkic win his matchup against DeAndre Ayton? All really fun things that I, I'm, I'm excited to watch. Sunday's game is against the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Um, a, a bad basketball team? I'm recording this before the Lakers Clippers game on Thursday, but I'm just going to, I'm going to throw it out there. The Lakers are bad. Maybe (laughs) like a team that can't uh, play defense or make three pointers. Yikes. Um, Anthony Davis is going to have 200 points now that I said that. So um, maybe 300. So whoops, but like, yeah, I I think the sun's a really nice test. The Lakers is a game, you know, uh, it's on the road, but a game that is certainly winnable. And the Blazers are back Monday night against the Denver Nuggets at home again. Lots of fun. And guess what? Podcasts after these games, five days a week, free wherever you get podcasts, available on whatever your platform you're listening to it now and all the other ones. Just tell your friends to search Locked on Blazers and they will find us. Thanks for making the show your first listen every day. How about your second listen? You check out Locked on NBA. It's the overarching NBA show, uh, five days a week, also available on all podcasts. But if you want to have a you know half hour catch up on the rest of the league, check, check in on Locked on NBA. I listen to it daily. I think it's a great way to uh, you know kind of stay abreast of what's happening in non-trailblazers news. And I think you'll like it too. All right. Appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.